friends, the 2022 Zebra International Golden Brush Awards are waiting for your votes, and today is the last day to cast your all-important vote. Please support this annual furniture finishing event by going to enjoyzebra.com and clicking on the Golden Brush Awards at the top. You'll be able to check out all finalist selections and vote for your favorite in each of the categories. Tons of inspiration to be had upon your review of these pieces, and you'll be a part of the selection process. Also, every voter gets his or her name placed into a random drawing for several Zebra paintbrush giveaways. This coming Monday, February 27th, we'll announce the winners here on the podcast. Welcome to Zebra's Popcast, short, inspiring, and informational segments pulled from our weekly furniture refinishing podcast, Zebra's Before and After. Today's Popcast features a segment from Season 3, Episode 33. Our guests were Angie with Picked and Poshed, Rebecca with Woodland Studio, and Fabby with Blush and Ivy Design. The topic was, how to determine if a piece is worth refinishing. Enjoy. Okay, I can start. Um, actually, it was I proposed this question in the chat group, and uh, I really started to think about it. I'm like, how can I best support listeners? And nothing is better, I guess, from personal experience or your own anecdotal scenarios. And so um, I actually can quickly tell a story from a perspective where I learned from the mistake of... Um, determining if something's worth refinishing. When I first started out this whole refinishing gig, um, I was really new to it. I learned, as you s- beginners usually just go out and buy everything, or they don't really think about, you know, oh, what will happen if I actually take this piece on? And so I really liked mid-century modern styles, or that sort of modern style, and I saw this piece on Marketplace, and it was 90 bucks, and I was like, oh, I must have it, I must have it. So I went and got it, and when I brought it home, I realized that it was definitely not even close to being an antique. <laughs> it was actually quite recently made. It was sort of like akin to something like IKEA style, you know, with those hinges and like the little turning knobs to like make sure everything sticks together. And when you sort of sway it, it sort of shifts under the weight. So I had it sit in my garage for the past 10 months and I finally just pulled it out and I'm redoing it. And there's just, it's so, um, I don't know. It's like, it, it feels like something where if I were to resell it, I don't even, even despite the effort I put in, I don't want to resell it at a high price because I feel like I'm maybe going to take away from, from somebody's like budget. Like I don't, I don't know how to describe it, but it feels like it's not worth more than um, the price that I would generally sell items at. And so even though I put hours into this, I may only make my money back that I put in, hardly making a profit off it, and I wouldn't feel comfortable selling it. And so long story short, basically, what is worth reselling is when you're thinking about that in the future now and I'm looking at pieces, I need to actually examine it properly and look at, you know, is this actually wood or is this MDF? And the sway test, you know, when you touch a piece of furniture, you can actually like just put your hand on it and move it around and see, oh, does this, does this shift under the weight of my hand? 
And if it does, then you can think, okay, now I need to look closer at it. Is this MDF or is this just antique where I need to maybe re-glue it? And if it's MDF, okay, is this worth me putting in the effort? Because is it, and in the end, is the customer going to be happy? Or in two years from now, it's going to fall apart like most other pieces that are modeling made fall apart. So, yeah, I learned a lot from this experience. And now I know going forward, I have to stay for me personally, to stay clear of those types of um, pieces that are on Marketplace. Does that make sense? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. I think it's really important to do like the uh, little test to make sure that it's structurally sound. That is like a big, big factor for me when I'm choosing my pieces. I always make sure that they're structurally sound um, because, like you said, I mean, sometimes you can't repair those um those issues. And I've also run into um, situations like that back when I first, first started refinishing that I was so excited to get the piece home and, um, and it just was not what I thought it was going to be. And um, it just turned out to be like a waste. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the feeling I have right now. I'm like, darn yeah. it. Like <laughs> I, I need to make this at least salvageable so I can sell it, but I don't personally feel comfortable asking person more than what it's worth because yeah it's it's not gonna last forever maybe you can just um don't do any work on it and just sell it for what you paid for it just get rid of it (laughs) yeah i guess so (laughs) (laughs) yeah for me i you know I, i always like to um just make sure that they're structurally sound um i'm not really too um i usually try to do like obviously like you know, anything that's older. Um, but I don't like, let's say for instance, that I found something on the side of the road that still looked like it had life and it was, um, structurally sound. I'll still, um, recycle it and, you know, try to give it a little longer of a life, you know, just, um, because some pieces are salvageable, you know, um, even Mm -hmm. if they are newer for me anyway, um, especially like the ones that I find off this, you know, the side of the road, like if I can save something from heading to the landfill, then that's what I'm going to do. Um, yeah. Yeah. Actually, when you talk about that and if a piece is worth refinishing and if it's salvageable, I actually thought from again stooping Toronto, there was this dresser and it looked really cool from the outside, looked really solid. The sway test was perfect. Brought it home, pulled out the drawers, and I don't know what was on the side of these drawers, but it looked like they make like they bent metal to make sliders and it was just like I when I pulled everything, I'm like, I can't resell this. This is this is gonna be horrible. And I thought, oh my gosh, like what do I do with this? I don't want to waste it. And then I just sort of Googled how to repurpose old dressers. And then I saw all these people turning dressers into like, um, like cat beds or into like a dress up station for kids. So I completely removed all of these weird metal railings, repainted the whole inside, rebuilt a cushion, rebuilt a drawer. And it became like a, either a cat bed where you could put storage in, or like if somebody wanted it, it can be like a dress up station for a kid. If I put like a railing on the inside and they can hang their clothes. Oh, that is really cool. Yeah. I actually have a picture of it on my Instagram. There's a picture with my cat on it sleeping, but I thought, Oh, this is, Oh, I'm going to have to look at that. (laughs) Yeah. It's really, really cute. (laughs) And so it's like, Oh, it's so cute. It's like, you know, is it worth refinishing? Uh, Sometimes, you know, you can take something and, completely change it 
and make it not what its purpose is, and then it is worth refinishing. So it's it's about, you know, how much time and effort do you want to put into something, I guess. So true. Um, I don't know. Another thing I was thinking about is if it's worth refinishing is to consider your skill level. What do you guys think? Or ladies That's think? true. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Definitely don't want to take on something that maybe you're not as experienced in. For instance, like stripping something that was previously painted. That is, um, that's a huge task. Uh, you know, Angie, you know. <laughs> it is. It yeah. is. Yes. Yes. That's why I actually did one years and years ago and it required so much stripping. I vowed I would never buy another painted piece. But then <laughs> oh. the, you get, I feel like there's a furniture shortage. So it's like, gosh, you know, you want to try to really look at these pieces and see because, you know, what's on marketplace can be really expensive. So that's why I revisited. I'm like, okay, I'll take on the painted piece. But yeah, it has to be worth your effort for sure. It has to have those good bones there. I know I brought, I like to go to the thrift store to find them because sometimes people on marketplace, they'll think they're in great shape. Then you might go to their homes and it's it's not what you thought it was, and you feel compelled to buy it because you're standing yes. right there. So I like to go to the thrift store where I can pull all the drawers out and make sure everything is how it should be because, you know, I don't know how to do a lot of repairs on the inside, like the guts with the rails and all that. So I like to make sure they're in pretty good order before I break them home to start on something. That makes sense. I'm also a big um, on getting my furniture at the thrift store. Um, I very rarely buy furniture, you know, from people off of marketplace, especially out here. Um, everything is like really overpriced on marketplace. So I steer clear of that. I do a lot of estate sales. Though, too. That's where we're going right now, too. Yeah, I do. I found mm -hmm. a lot of, I find like um, estate sales. I do like online auctions. Like those have been really good for me lately. Um, mm -hmm. Me too. And I also, yeah. And then I also have a friend that sells, um, he sells a lot of mid-century modern furniture. Um, and so like, I'll get pieces from him. And I always know that his stuff is like great quality because he, you know, oh, checks yeah. it. But, yeah. Right, right. That's good. You got a contact that will help you out with that. Yes. Yeah, and I met him way back when, when I first started refinishing. So it's been really cool to have that connection. Yeah, you ladies all make really good points about the skill level, right? And I was also thinking, you know, like, what are you, like you mentioned, like, what are you comfortable fixing or mending in broken areas? Like, have you ever re-glued, just say, the bottom of the drawer? or fixed a railing. And if you haven't done it, or you have to think to yourself, am I willing to take on learning a new skill right now? Do I have the time to do it? Right. You know, when you're right. thinking the about time, the piece, right? All the other projects in the garage waiting for your attention. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. I think for me, um, I've replaced drawer bottoms before I've replaced railing. I've done pretty much everything. I will say that for me, something that um, I'm not very good at yet and I have to get better at is uh, replacing veneer. I've done one where I replaced the veneer on it and I got like some bubbles. So I have to try to figure out how to fix and master that. But um, I'm pretty much comfortable with, um, with uh, <laughs> most repairs. I've never done veneer. Well, speaking of that example then, um, a about the veneer and you said the bubbles came up and we're talking about, you know, is it worth refinishing? Like, 
how do you feel about that experience that, you know, you're like, oh, darn it, there's bubbles now and I have to go back on it. Like, do you, do you feel any, like, regret about <laughs> making that decision or do you feel like great learning experience or a bit of both? Oh my gosh. Um, is burn it an option? <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it's like one of those things where you put in so much effort, like, you know, you have this vision in your head and you're like, yeah, I'm going to make it look amazing. And then everything's going great. And then you start seeing like bubbles in the veneer and, and everywhere you read online, like it's so easy to do. And, and then I'm thinking to myself, well, what did I do wrong? Like, why wasn't it so easy for me? Um, so for right now, I think right now I'm a little, I'm a bit, you know, Gonna, I'm going to stay away from trying to replace any, any veneer. I know my limits. and I think that that's going to be, <laughs> you know, somewhere where I'm not going to be revisiting anytime soon. <laughs> so you're saying know your limits, play within it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. From a, from a furniture perspective, not from a gambling perspective. <laughs> and actually, that made me think about, you know, with the veneer and all that, Another thing I was thinking about is if it's worth refinishing is do you have all the tools required to refinish the item, right? Like to take that into consideration if for, for someone who's thinking about a piece? like Definitely. I, I think you definitely need to make sure that you have all the tools that you need. Um, yeah. And to budget for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because recently I had, I saw some chairs, oh no, I had this piece, sorry, and I had really fine corners and I can't get my orbital sander in there. So then I had to go out and buy like uh, like this Ryobi sort of, I don't know, some kind of like uh, sander that can go into really tight corners. Mm -hmm. But then that's like a $70 expense and oh like, ugh. And it's like, you know, you have to think about those things. Like, can I, do I have the budget for this right now when you're thinking about refinishing? That is so true. Absolutely. Yeah. And I know I already touched on this, but I was thinking about, we talked about the quality, you know, you have to make a decision if. Do you want to work with something that's MDF or not? Or, you know, and... Yeah, I think for me, um, it's fine. Just as long as if as long as it's structurally sound and there's not, like, too much damage to it. You know, because the MDF can be a little hard. Like, um, like if there's bubbles, you know, um, you know, if moisture has gotten in it. Um, yeah, you can repair it with Bondo, but it's it can be a little tricky. So, um I think for me, I try to, if I'm going to do like an MDF piece, like it, it should probably be in more of like a better condition as opposed to something that's going to need like a ton of work, you know? Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right. Um, yeah. Like as far as like, but you know, cause usually like that kind of stuff, like sometimes the drawers are a little, you know, funky. Um, I, I don't mind that part so much. It's just like, um, you know, cause you can't really sand those pieces, you know? So, um. I try to just make sure that, like, on the outside, it's just, like, minimal, like, wear and tear. But, but for the most part, for me, I'm, I'm, you know, going after, like, just solid wood. But, you know, like Angie had mentioned, it is a little hard right now to find furniture um, pieces. Even at the thrift stores, my thrift stores, they don't have very much furniture in there anymore like they used to. And um, it just seems like within the last year... Um, the furniture, I don't know where it's going. It's not very much, there's not very much available for us refinishers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was thinking about that in terms of, like, I guess your concern where you are is not enough affordable pieces. Where I am, there's so many affordable pieces, but then people don't want to necessarily pay for work that a refinisher does. Like, 
to have those those price prices. And mm-hmm. I, I I don't know if this is anecdotal, but I I've seen a lot of refinishers like yourself and artists that in the states or where you where you live you can get more sales. Is that true? Uh, I think I, I I will. I think things are cha- have changed a bit in the last year. I don't know if Angie if that it's the same for you, um, but out here where I'm at, um, things have slowed down a little bit for us out here in California. I'll say that. Um, as far as, um, I think that the, okay, I'll just say this. I, um, I feel that ever since the pandemic hit, a lot of people have taken on a new hobby of refinishing furniture and maybe now trying to turn it into like a business. And, um, here in California, I can only speak to for California. Um, the market is a bit saturated um, with uh, pieces that are being refinished, not necessarily mm-hmm. by professional refinishers, but just by people who are like um, doing it as a hobby and um, um, pricing the, their pieces very, very low. So, um, yes. you know, uh, I don't know if that makes sense or if any of you guys have experienced that, but I've yes. seen like full yes. sets of yeah. like, yeah, like I'll see like a dresser and two nightstands, like the whole entire set freshly painted. Now, I don't know, you know, the quality of work that's being done, but like I'll literally see these sets for like $150. And I'm just like, oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. Like, you know. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so that's like, that's yeah. a great point. Like when you're thinking of a piece, if it's worth refinishing, it's like, you know, uh, the resale value on it, you know. Exactly. Um, especially with the market like and I think that's why it's important to me uh, personally. Like, I'll do a neutral piece, and oddly enough, they'll they'll sit a while. But then I'll do one of my really unique ones, and it'll sell quickly. And wow. now that you say that, Fabi, it's probably because the marketplace is saturated with all these, you know, new furniture painters in our areas mm-hmm. with much lower prices. So right, and that's the thing I'm concerned about with like pricing because. When you, I like, I actually put a stopwatch when I'm working on something to see how many hours have actually went into a piece. And um, sometimes it could be 15, 20 hours. And then if I, I see people selling at $200 and then I calculate, you're making $5 an hour when you really put, like, when you really write it down, right? When you think about it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I, my work is worth so much more, but then I have to think about, the market that's happening, like the saturation and, and what people are pricing it at. And I have to think to myself, you know, is this worth refinishing if I'm putting so much effort and then I have to sell it at such a low price to compete with everyone else, but then I'm literally working <laughs> at, at, at measly pennies an hour. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So those are things to think about, I think, as, as a novice or someone who's refinishing is, you know, to yeah. do a sort of market analysis, I guess, or to think about those things. Yeah, I think it's really important to really, really make sure that you are aware of how many hours you're spending working on every single piece. And I feel just price your pieces according to the amount of work that you've done. Um, and don't undervalue yourself, you know, um, your work, yes. you know, it's worth what you feel it's worth. And um for me, I see all these people, like, they post everything super low. I have always kept my pricing the same. 
you know, if it does, if it takes a little longer to sell and so be it, I'm not going to just, uh, I'm not really in it just to like flip it for a quick buck. Mm-hmm. You know, I wanted to make sure that people are understand that, you know, the work I put out is quality yes. work. And, um, and so that's why you're paying for, <laughs> for the, the quality of my yeah. work. You know, you mentioned about that waiting. It's like, you know, when you think of it, is it worth refinishing? You also have to ask yourself, am I willing to have to sit in my house for maybe months until the right buyer comes along who sees its value. Am I, am I comfortable with that? Do I have the space to have it just sit there? So I think also to consider your actual workspace or your house and if furniture can just sit there waiting for its, its right buyer. Exactly. Exactly. For me, um, if it's sitting past a couple of weeks, I'm just like, Oh my goodness, what did I do wrong? Really? Right. Or 24 hours. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I'm like, Where did I go wrong? So impatient. That's so yeah. funny. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. And I'm like, is it time to repaint this? Like, what did I do wrong? What am I buying it? Well, I right. had a piece it's waiting. It's a never ending thing with a furniture artist. Yeah. I had it's, a piece really four is. months. Four months just sitting in my house waiting for the right buyer. Oh my goodness. It's the worst. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, um, I'm telling you like after a couple of weeks, I'm just like, you know, <clears throat> before, well, there's some pieces that will like sell like instantly, you know, and we love those. Yes. Right. But then when you have oh, like yeah. those ones that have been sitting, like, even if they go like past the weekend, I'm just like, what did I do wrong? <laughs> like, what yep. is it the wrong color? Like I knew I should have went with that other color. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I should have went with what everybody told me to paint it. (laughs) And that's that's the thing when you're talking before about these eclectic colors. Like I'm always mesmerized by by artists like yourself who do this bright pink. And I'm like, wow, like I wish that I can be that creative in that regard. But I'm so scared that I'm just going to not get the right person. Like, how do you feel about that? What's the worst thing that could happen? What's the worst thing that could happen? Repaint over it. After it sets too long and you're not comfortable, if you don't want to reduce your price after, God forbid, it last, it's up for a year, okay? You can always <laughs> repaint it. So that's why I don't get too stuck on that. Oh, so it's smart. just paint. Yeah. It's so smart. So, like yeah. to not, to yeah. not live in that fear. Like that, that's brilliant. Like it's so simple what you just said, but it makes well, and sense. Painting is very therapeutic for me too. So I really mm-hmm. enjoy the process. So I don't mind some of them that take a while. I enjoy the process of, well, not always. <laughs> Sometimes I get that creative block and it's miserable. But um, yeah, it's it's just very therapeutic. I always feel, I never, after I put my br- brush on, I always feel better. So some days oh, yeah. I don't feel like painting, you know, and I have to go in there. I'm like, all right. But once I do it, I'm like, that was such a good idea. But it's just getting myself to do it sometimes. But yeah, it's, <laughs> yes. it's, And sometimes I wish I could just be more neutral. But I staying true to myself, it's just colorful. So that's why yeah. I try to stay there if I can. Well, you guys, you know, just listening to you guys talk about this, this is one of those conversations that could probably go on for a long time. And I would suspect mm-hmm. we'll have many more on the podcast because there's so many dynamics at play here. And here you talk about, the fact that there's a lot of people stepping in, pricing things really low. I mean, the bottom line is if they're pricing them that low, the quality more than likely is not going to last and the artistic skills probably aren't there. And I think that's uh, some of you have talked about that already. It's so important to remember 
who you are and what your calling is in furniture refinishing, and then it's an art. And I think when you look at that and you understand that, then you will go, you know what? I put a lot of work into this, and it takes a lot of work to produce a quality piece. And so you have to stay true to that. And uh, just like like you guys have said, sit on it for a while until it sells. Because I think a lot of, I think the industry is going to flush uh, a lot of that out. And, you know, I hate to be negative on people who are stepping in. It's not really negative on them as it is just negative on those that are stepping in um, just to make money. I mean, you know, that's their sole purpose. And they think they can make a quick dollar. Uh, but again, how long are those pieces going to last? They're just not going to last very long. So true. Yeah, I appreciate all of you guys. You guys have added so much insight into the topic, and I'm sure you have given our listeners more to think about (laughs) uh, when making that all-important decision on whether a piece is worth the effort and can produce a profit, because there is a lot involved in those decisions. So very, very helpful. Special thank you to all three of you for joining us today. Congratulations once again. Phenomenal accomplishments. Stay safe and stay well. You too. Thank you, Lane. We are always so appreciative when we hear from you, our valued listeners, on how much you enjoy this podcast. Well, we are getting ready to begin Season 5. In fact, March 15th will be our debut. We are continuing many of the podcast segments that so many of you have enjoyed, as well as adding a few new ones. Make sure you tune in on Wednesday, March 15th. Thanks for listening to the Zebra Popcast and Podcast. Stay tuned for this coming Monday when we announce the best of category winners of the fourth annual Zebra International Golden Brush Awards. Until next time, happy refinishing.